Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Tonight I want to start um, with you picturing something in your minds. I think you're going to see how it relates to the message in a second. So I want you to picture that you're driving a car. It's a Sunday afternoon or maybe it's midweek. It's peaceful out there. No storms, no rain. There's not a lot of cars on the road. So it's a real peaceful and relaxing day. So you're just driving along. What makes it even better is the person in the passenger seat is maybe your spouse, a friend, a family member, somebody you care deeply about. So you're with somebody you care deeply about. You're driving along this road. Uh, It's peaceful, really no distractions. And so you grab your drink that's sitting in the drink console and you pick it up and you drop it in the floorboard. And so you think, well, if I look away from the road for a second, nothing's happening today, it'll be okay, there's no cars coming. So you bend down to get your drink. And as you do, your, your friend or family member yells out, stop, stop. And so you look up and all of a sudden you see that a deer has ran out in front of the road. And so you try to stop, but it's too late to fully stop. So you hit that deer going at a pretty fast speed. And all of a sudden, you or that special person is either seriously hurt or dead. And it all happened because you said, if I lose, take my focus off the road for a second, nothing can happen in a few seconds. The same is true in our Christian lifestyle. We do this so many times. Is that we think, oh, I've been going to church, I'm a good Christian, and uh, I follow God's Word. And so when a trial or a temptation comes our way, or God challenges us, we say, I don't know if I want to wait on God's answer. I don't know if I want to do what God's telling me to do. And so instead, we take our eyes off Jesus just for a second and do our own thing or go our own way in life. And then we look back and we realize maybe five, ten years down the road, how did I get to this point? It's because we took our eyes off Jesus just for a second. And we said, oh, nothing happened because of that. And it ended up leading to destruction. So tonight we're going to talk about keeping our focus on Jesus, especially through trials and temptations. And I think James lays it out perfectly for us. So our scripture tonight is in James 1, verses 12 through 18. And it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. So what I want to talk about tonight is in James 1 verse 12, starting off with. And it says, I'll read it one more time, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he received the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love Him. So what I want you to get tonight is that a trial, a testing of your faith, that comes from God. 
We'll talk about temptations later. But for right now, a trial is something that God uh, gives us. He gives us trials and He tests our faith. It says in James 1 before this passage that when you face trials of many kinds, so Christian or not, you're going to face trials in your life. Everybody's going to experience trials. They may not be the same, but everybody will experience trials. So you may say, well, I'm a good person. Or I've always been in church. I've always done the right thing. I think Christians for the last hundred years have asked, why does God put trials on people that are good? When I'm following the Bible, why do I go through hard things? Why does God challenge me? So I hope tonight I can shed some light on why God puts us through trials and why God tests our faith according to Scripture. So number one, when you look back in verse 12, it says, the crown of life to those who love Him. So I think God puts us through trials and tests to see if we really love Him or not. What I mean by that is, say you're in a marriage. If everything always went right, and you never had arguments, you never had disputes, you always agreed on everything, and your husband or wife gave you everything you ever wanted, then it'd be hard to tell if you really love that person or if you love what you're getting, if you love what you're receiving. But as soon as there's an argument or you disagree about something, or something goes wrong in, in the marriage, maybe you have financial issues or something, if you stay with that person, that shows true love. That shows true commitment. It's easy when things are perfect. When things are great, it's easy to follow God. When things are hard, that shows who really is a true follower and who's just faking it. So if you're a true follower of God, if you really love Him, like it says in verse 12, when times are tough, when God puts you through trials and tests, you'll still follow Him. You'll still obey Him. And that's how God knows who really loves Him. Same thing in the marriage too, when you stay with your spouse when times are tough, as God commands us to. But next though, I think we go through trials because God has a better plan for our life. And a lot of times, we try to do our own thing in life. We say, my plan is better than God's plan. And so God puts us through a trial or a test to redirect us back to Him. It it takes our focus off what we're doing, our plan, and it puts our focus back on God's plan. An example from my life, and I think a lot of you have heard this before, is that in high school, uh, I was big about football. And I was big about going to a big university or somewhere that um, had a lot of people. And so my junior year of football, I had done pretty well, and I was looking to get recruited by some bigger schools my senior year. I went to some camps and did this decent. But all of a sudden, right before my senior season, I started to cramp up and I ran one lap around the field. I would do something just real small physical activity and just cramp up. My whole body would just seem to like cramp up. I didn't know what was wrong and that never really happened before. So at first I thought maybe I'm dehydrated or you know, I haven't drank enough water or something like that. And so I drank more water and Gatorade and tried to sleep more and do that kind of stuff. But nothing seemed to work. It seemed to actually get worse and not better. So I eventually went to the doctor and they put me through tons of tests to see what is wrong. And all the tests came back positive. Nothing was, nothing was wrong from what they could tell. And so that kind of led me to uh, depression and thinking like, okay, I, my body's shutting down. Something's wrong and everybody's telling me that I'm fine. Uh, and I'm dehydrated or something. I know that's not what it is. And so eventually, after weeks, the doctors tested my thyroid. And your numbers were supposed to be 0 to 4. Mine was well over 200 something. It was one of the highest numbers they said they've seen in the doctor's office. And so... That meant months to a year or two of recovery to get back to normal. 
I mean, I'm going to go through my entire senior year of school and football week and, and not myself. And so at this point, my plan was probably not going to happen. And, and I realized that. And so I'm thinking, God, why are you putting me through this? Why am I going through this hard time? And so I, I remember praying to God and I said, God, I don't know what your plan is, but let your will be done. If you want me to play football, if you want me to go here, I'm just going to obey you. And I was scared and, and kind of upset because I didn't know what was going to happen. But I remember going out to my senior year and not being able to really even feel the football. I was so weak. But I remember I still, for some reason, made uh, kicks. And I remember it was just God working through me. And so I did good enough to get recruited by Greenville, um, which is where I go now. And I remember getting a phone call from him saying, I'm not going to Illinois. I'm from Alabama. I'm not going to go up, up north to anywhere else. And so I kind of just blew him off for a while. And they kept calling me and kept calling me. So one day I was working vacation Bible school with my mom. And she said, why don't you just answer? Maybe it's important. Maybe, maybe that's where God's calling you to go. And so I answered. And immediately when I started talking to him, I realized they cared about me as a person, not just athletically. They cared about who I was as a person. They wanted to grow me as a Christian. And that attracted me. That's what, that's what I was looking for at that time. And so I, I talked to him for uh, weeks and months. And I remember making a list of colleges of where I'm going to go. And I, I told my parents, and I'll mark Greenville off in a second. But let me just mark these off first. And I can never mark them off the list. Something told me, go to Greenville. Attend Greenville. And so I attended Greenville. And I had to say, uh, my plan was to go into sports. And my plan was just to really do sports in college. But because I came to Greenville and, and God put me through that thyroid condition, if I wouldn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be here right now. And so God put me through that trial, that test, to redirect me to say, hey, your plan is not what I want for you. My plan is greater. And now I've had ministry opportunities in so many areas uh, here and at uh, FCA, and I'm the class chaplain as well. And so those opportunities never would have happened had that thyroid not collapsed my senior year, had I not gone through that trial. So sometimes God puts us through those trials to redirect us back to His plan. Because His plan is way better than ours. And now going into ministry, I realize now God's plan for me. And, and then uh, last, I think we go through trials uh, to persevere and to help others that go through, go through similar experiences. So it says in James before this passage that uh, the testing of our faith produces perseverance. What that means is when you go through something tough, or something challenging, and you look to God and you make it through that challenging obstacle, you become stronger. So if you go through something similar again in the future, or you go through something the same, you're more prepared for it. And God, you know how to get through it with God. But I think even more importantly, something I heard said before that I just really love, it said that God puts the heaviest burdens on those that can handle them. So you may say, well, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm not out there sinning and doing stuff wrong. Why am I going through all these trials? Why is my life so difficult? And it may be because God knows you can handle it and that you're going to persevere through it. And God has a plan for you and that when you meet somebody down the road that's going through a similar experience, they may not be as strong as you, but you're going to be an inspiration to them because they're going to look at you and say, wow, he or she went through all of that and came out great. How did they do it? And you can point them back to Jesus. And you can share the gospel with them. So a lot of times I think God puts us through these trials and this testing of our faith so that when others go through similar experiences, we can minister to them. Through that thyroid condition that I had, I went through a lot of uh, crazy things in those few months. But I, I've met kids at church camp 
They go through similar experiences. So now I'm able to share my experience with them and say, hey, I've struggled. I've been there. I know, I know what you're feeling. But this is how to make it through with Christ. And the Christ has a better plan for you. So you may not see it in the moment, but Christ will use you in the future. And so then James takes a dramatic turn. And in verse 13, it talks about temptations. Now, trials and temptations are not the same. And we're going to talk about tonight what the difference between a trial and a temptation is. It says in verse 13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So I picture like on cartoons and movies sometimes, you see like the little angel on one side and the little devil on the other side. It's kind of like that. Like God's on one side uh, showing you the right way, telling you where to go in life, guiding you in the right direction. God may put you through hard times and may test your faith, but He will never try to make you sin. There's a difference. You may have financial trouble or something may go wrong, but He's never going to try to make you sin. When you feel that temptation to sin... That comes from your own sinful desire or the devil. And so you have a choice when, when you have that desire, that thought in your mind, am I going to listen to God and this guy me in the right direction? Or am I going to listen to my own desire, do my own plan, and go this direction? Listen to what the devil's telling me to do. And so one thing I think that helps with this is it's talking about, I think, taking our thoughts captive. And that when we get a desire... Or we get a thought. We have to make sure, is that desire from God or from ourselves? Is that something that I want to do? Or is that something that God wants me to do? And there's a difference. And so when you get a desire to do something, maybe it's a new job or maybe it's um, an activity or a hobby or something. Um, when you get that desire to do something, think in, think in your mind, would God tell me to do that? Or is that just me wanting to do that? And one way to back that up is read Scripture. Pray about it. Spend some time thinking about that. When you get a desire, don't just jump into that thing. You know, make sure that desire is from God. Because the devil will, will put things in your mind that are lies. And, and the devil will say, hey, this will give you joy. This will give you happiness. And it may give you that in the moment, but it leads to destruction and devastation. God will give you eternal happiness, eternal joy. And so when you get those desires, take those thoughts captive and question, is that from God or is that myself? And I think another thing that goes along with this is what we take in comes out. So what you're watching, TV stations, news channels, magazines, articles, are you watching things that say horrible things about people, that talk about the world as a horrible thing and and talk about the Bible in, in a bad way? If you're taking that stuff in your mind, then that will influence your thought process. You're putting temptation in. You're consuming temptation by reading and watching things that you know the Bible doesn't approve of. Movies that have tons of curse words in it or, or etc. When you take in stuff like that, you're putting temptation in your own mind. And your thoughts will become your actions. Your actions become your lifestyle. Your lifestyle is your character. Your character is who you are. So if you want to change who you are, start taking in things that are holy and pleasing from God. And I think that goes along with verse 17 that says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, 
coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So every good gift, every holy and pleasing thing comes from God. Everything else does not. And so don't take in things of this world that are going to stray you away from God. Stop watching and listening to things like that. Because that is just putting temptation in your mind. And then over time, your thoughts will become your actions. So if you want to change the way you live, take in things that are holy and pleasing to God. And then, uh, before we close tonight, I want to leave you with this. That, going back to the car example, a lot of us think that when I'm going through a trial or a temptation, if I take my focus off Jesus just for a moment, I've been a good Christian, I can, I'm going to go my own way this time. Or I'm going, to, I'm going to live my own way this time. If you do that, you may think that, oh, there won't be any effect of that. It's, it's not harmful if I do that. Well, a story in the Bible, I think, demonstrates how harmful this can be, is David and Bathsheba. David was a man after God's own heart. Probably the greatest king of Israel. Um, he was known as, today we would picture David as probably uh, like a Billy Graham type stature. Somebody that you picture as just like living for God all the time. Um, one of the best Christians we can think of. So David is like this picture of just the perfect Christian. And then David one day walks out on his rooftop and he sees a woman bathing. And it says in the Bible she's very beautiful. Now back in Jewish culture, this is common to bathe on the roof. They didn't have showers and, and sinks and all this kind of stuff. So they put a tub on their roof and then when it rained, they would collect rainwater to bathe later on. So this is common to bathe on the roof. And so David sees this woman, and he kind of starts having lustful thoughts for her. But this woman is married to one of his soldiers named Uriah. She's married to somebody in David's army. So he knows this is wrong. I shouldn't be looking at this woman like this. So he gets his evil desire. But instead of repenting and saying, God, I'm sorry for having these lustful thoughts and asking forgiveness, David lets that desire sit. He kind of lets that desire just sit for a while and the more he lets that desire sit, the more he thinks, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should inquire about her. I think this goes along with James. Verse 15, it says, Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So in this passion in James, it's saying that when you get these evil desires, you know, take your thoughts captive. And say, hey, that's not from God. And get that out of your mind. Repent from that. And say, God, I'm sorry for having that thought, that desire. I'm going to turn back to you. The longer you let that desire and that temptation sit in your mind, the more likely you are to act upon it. And that's exactly what David does. He inquires about this woman. Brings her into his house. Then he sleeps with her. So then he's like, oh crap, I've made a mistake. She becomes pregnant. And so then David wants to cover up his sin. And then it goes even further. David sends Uriah, her husband, is in his army, on the front lines in battle to make sure he dies. He actually, actually says in Scripture, put Uriah on the front lines and then retreat from him so he surely dies. So then David kills Uriah. When sin is conceived, it brings forth death. When that desire is fully conceived, it, it, it produces sin. So when you get these evil desires, when you think, I can take my focus off God for a minute... It won't affect anything. Think about David and Bathsheba. David took his eyes off the Lord for a minute. He was a man for God's own heart. Somebody living for God. Took his eyes off the Lord for just a minute. Had that lustful thought. Let it sit for a while. 
And look at all it led to. It led to Bathsheba being pregnant and Uriah's death. The same is true in our lives today. Consequences happen when our desires sit and when that temptation indwell in us. And so, as we close tonight, I want you to think about what it says in 1 Corinthians. That no matter what you've done, no matter how much temptation you've given in to, no matter how much you've turned your way, your focus from God, God died, Jesus died on the cross for all sins. He took all the sins of the world upon Him. That guilty feeling you get when you sin, He took all the guilt of the world upon Himself and then died on the cross. So no matter how far we turn away from Christ, no matter how far we turn our focus on other things, no matter how much we we go our own plan and not Jesus' plan, He died on the cross for all sin. All you have to do is turn back to Jesus. Ask forgiveness. Repent from that action. Turn away. And it says in 1 Corinthians, He washes you. He justifies you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.